of Titus and uh, just thoroughly enjoyed our time with Brother Jason Holt uh, this morning. And uh, appreciate his ministry in Chile. I did not realize it uh, until the, we got to talking this morning that, it, but that uh, the church had been supporting him uh, these uh, nearly 18 years. That's an amazing testimony. And uh, his family's been used mightily of the Lord. And I asked, I was talking to Brother Jason over lunch and asking him about, you know, the season that he's in now. You know, he started off, you know, of course, you go to language school as a missionary and you have those humbling months of uh, years of learning the language. And, and now he says he's in a, he feels like a better season of ministry. He still faces uh, lots of obstacles and, and lots of challenges, but he says it's, it's just really uh, a blessing to see um, the fruit uh, for just sticking with it, uh, and, and now seeing nationals go and do the work. He's having the opportunity to teach them and work with them. And, uh, so I appreciate Brother Holt and his ministry. And he has a video update. He says it's not quite complete. And I told him, well, you just send it our way. When it gets complete, we'll show it on a Sunday night or something. And, uh, just to see, uh, the people that he's referring to that have come to Christ that are now leading some of these churches. And, uh, wow, isn't it a blessing to hear that church? Uh, you know, we're here as a home base. We're sort of holding the ropes, if you will, and, uh, prayer and helping with finances. And, and, uh, I'm so thankful that God allows us to be a part of that. And, and just, uh, it is a privilege. But, uh, thank God for that. It's also good to have, uh, Tim and Destiny Kelly here with us tonight. They're visiting with us. They're on deputation to, uh, South Africa. And they're just getting started. Back in August, they've started deputation, and they're also with Vision Baptist Mission. But I appreciate you guys dropping in to worship with us tonight. Well, I hope everyone, again, is uh, settling down from the Christmas break, and uh, things are getting back to a little bit to normal. And uh, looking around the house, uh, just looking at all the things that the kids got for Christmas, and and uh, I'm just already thinking about what we can donate to Goodwill. Uh, they're, they're old toys, not their new ones. Uh, but uh, I'm going to try to talk them into that, uh, declutter a little bit. And uh, maybe that's, a, I think, maybe a New Year's resolution for, uh, for, for us uh, to declutter a little bit. Uh, but, uh, but it was good. That it was a blessing. Chris, thank you for those that prayed for us. We did travel down to Florida for a week with uh, Joanna's parents and uh, her brothers and sisters. And that was a real encouragement, a real refreshing time. The kids did well traveling, just a little over six hours on the way back. We, uh, they did good on the way, on the way back. It was, I was getting a little concerned because we were about, you know, maybe, maybe an hour into the trip and, and, uh, Thomas asked, Dad, are, are we about there? I said, no, son. We got a little ways to go. And, uh, he didn't, he didn't ask too many more times, but, but anyway, thank you for, uh, those that prayed for safety and whatnot. We had a, a beautiful day for travel going and then coming back. I thought it was going to be rainy, but it really wasn't. And uh, just so very grateful for that. Well, we're going to, with the Lord's help, we're going to finish up the book of Titus uh, tonight. Uh, we, we started back in the spring uh, going through Titus. I believe the first message, if I'm not mistaken, was, was March. It may have been April. Uh, but we started this book and uh, just learn, have learned a lot from it. Uh, just being reminded of what God expects to take place into the local church 
and and especially in the area of things being in order. Uh, and that's and by the way, it is it is God's will for us to be orderly people, uh, not chaotic and and uh, chaos and every which way. He does want there to be order in our lives. Uh, number one, him being the most important, <laughs> him, Lord Jesus being the priority of our life. But uh, but he, Paul writes this letter to this young pastor, and it's coming to an end here. He's going to sign off, uh, but not without mentioning uh, some things that uh, Paul wanted to leave in this young man's mind, as as he would hopefully be seeing in the near future. But he was leaving this, and also we know that it wasn't just for Titus; it was for the believers there to be passed around, to be circulated, and of course we know that it's also for us, you know, some two thousand years later. Uh, here in Jackson County, Georgia, at Crooked Creek Baptist Church and every other local church that believes uh, in the Word of God and, and holds to the Word of God. It is, it is for all uh, of, of God's people uh, to, to learn from and for the church to grow from. So we learned about just responsibilities and we talked about order in the church, but then we also talked about the responsibilities for the different age groups in the church. And that's another way that you could look at the book of Titus. It talks a lot about relationships. Our relationships uh, with each other, the, 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 the pastor's relationship with the, the, the flock, and uh, it talks about the relationship as far as uh, with, with the workplace and with relationship with the government and relationship with the lost world. It talks a lot about relationships, our relationship with God Almighty. And uh, so it does talk about relationships. And he talked about the last week, uh, we the last message, we did talk about the relationships there he had with his laborers and uh, the wonderful importance of co-laboring together. I want to tell you something, Crooked Creek Baptist. I am so thankful to labor with you in the gospel ministry. Every time I see you uh, walk through these doors and I see you downstairs in the hallway and I see you here, I can't help but thank God for each of you. Uh, every every one of you has a vital part in this body uh, to, to, for it to function in a way that honors Christ. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And uh, Paul was thankful for, for Titus. And he wanted to, he was going to see him again, but uh, but he leaves off in the letter of this. The title of this morning's message, if you want to give it a title, could could be this: fruitfulness and friendliness. Fruitfulness and friendliness. Look there with me in Titus chapter three, verse number fourteen. We left off on thirteen. We're going to go right into fourteen and fifteen tonight. The Bible says, "And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful." All that are with me salute thee. Greet them that love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God Almighty, we are looking to your word tonight. As we have studied the book of Titus, you have helped us and reminded us and rebuked us and strengthened us and have grown us. And I thank you for the admonition of this book and the exhortation of this great book. And I do want to thank you, Lord, for the great reminders of for the under shepherd. And, Lord, we do look to you tonight uh, for to continue to help us and your expectations of us as your children. And, Lord, we're thankful for your grace tonight. 
Oh, God, we sure are. And we're thankful for your kindness. And we're thankful, Lord, that you do love us with an everlasting love. And so we come to you praising you, glorifying you, and asking you, Lord, please help. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Fruitfulness and friendliness. Paul is going to sign off one, with one last command, technically two, but one of the, the two, out of the two imperatives that we'll find in these two verses, one is in the context, again, of our productivity as Christians. Uh, and the other one is in the, in the context of greeting. But the one major command concerning good works is that word you see there in verse 14, and let ours also learn. Learn. That is actually an imperative there. It is a command that Paul is giving to say, listen, there's some things that you need to learn. And I think it's important to look at the tense of this verb, too. In the Greek, it is a present indicative tense, meaning simply that it was to be an ongoing action. And it's something to be reminded of that God wants us always to be learning. God help us when we get to the point when we have arrived. When we think we have arrived. <laughs> Brother Rick and I were talking about that this morning as we uh, go through the Word of God and, and go through the Bible uh, from Genesis to Revelation and how much of a blessing it is to go back and just be reminded of the great truths of the Word of God. How it impacts our heart and, and helps us even though we may have learned it before. God says, I want you to continue learning it. Because the truth is, the learning is only part of it. It's the applying that God wants us to continue with. And we'll see that even in the proof of the scriptures tonight. So it is a a command concerning good works of the Cretan believers. We know of their culture. We know that it's in some ways it's similar to what we're facing today. I don't know if it was quite the pagan society that it was then that we have today, but it's definitely going in that direction. Uh, Don't let us deceive ourselves, folks. Uh, it doesn't take but a moment to look over and even to some of the European countries uh, that uh, years ago, uh, you know, centuries ago was where we would be today in some regards when there was the great uh, tabernacle with Spurgeon and and uh, others, uh, great other great men of the faith that preached the gospel faithfully there. And we see where the direction that those countries are going, their great mission fields for us to go to in our our country is a mission field. And I'm thankful God has placed us here and placed Crooked Creek Baptist Church here to be a light and to shine forth that wonderful gospel of God. So we see here in the closing, which I think Paul has emphasized throughout this book, is the importance of good works. Let me make this statement. Good works are vitally important for the Christian testimony. Good works are vitally important for the Christian testimony. Now, notice, please, carefully, I did not say uh, good works are vitally important for salvation or to obtain salvation, because that's not true. We don't have to have good works to obtain salvation. The good work for salvation was done on the cross of Calvary. And Jesus Christ paid it all. And he did pay it all, and he finished it. He said it was finished. To Telestai, he paid the debt. We don't have any debt to pay on that. But what we do have, since we have received the grace of God, 
We don't need it to earn salvation, but thank God we now have good works that can produce the evidence of the gospel. The world cannot see the heart. No, they cannot. They can only see the outward. They can only see the evidence of what the heart truly is. And that's what he's encouraging these Cretans here on this island with filled with paganism and, and, and just truly idolatry, true idolatry and true opposition to the gospel. Oh, Paul had a message for these believers to be faithful. And he closes with this. Our, our lives are going to show whether or not we adorn the grace of God. That word adorn there is used back in Back there in uh, chapter 2, verse 10, you can look over there. It's pretty much probably on the other page in your Bible. If you look over there at chapter 2, verse 10, it says in the second part that they may, what church? Adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. That is so interesting why the Holy Spirit chose the word adorn. It's that word cosmos. It's, it carries the idea of, of being uh, there, of being in order, uh, putting in order. And, uh, and so we see uh, there that it's important that our lives be in order with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To show forth that God's grace has done something. And so look with me here as we go through this verse. First, let's look at that in verse number 13, excuse me, 14. And let ours. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about the Cretan believers when he addresses this. And let ours also learn. He's including uh, the group of believers. Let us also ever be learning is the, is the context there. Let us be learning uh, what? What should God's people always be learning? Well, he tells us, learning to do what? To maintain good works. Now, this word maintain uh, means to engage. It means to busy oneself, uh, to occupy oneself and, and to engage with purpose. Maintaining that I, I'm, I am going to make this a focus in my life. I'm going to make this a priority, uh, the, the idea of learning good works, maintaining those good works. Now, what are good works? Well, again, look over there with me quickly in chapter 2, verse 12. What are good works? Well, here are some. Of course, we, we can talk about good works all night, things that Christ-like attributes, characteristics of the, of the Christ life. But let's just for sake of context here, let's look what Titus has already addressed there in verse number 12. What does the grace of God do? It teaches us. It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should what? We should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. So we see here that good works definitely tend to the idea of just being sober, clear-minded. The idea of, of being righteous, righteous living. Uh, the idea of being godly, being more and more like God in, in the sense of His, His attributes of, of uh, love and kindness and, and holiness. 
and uh, the characteristics that describe our God in that way. That's what good works are. And those are something that Paul is saying you need to continue learning those. By the way, I believe this verse also indicates the very fact that not only we have arrived in our we have not arrived in all our learning. Church, let's be reminded that we have not arrived in in applying. <laughs> Some think that they've reached an elite status of, well, I am I, I have arrived in my application of the scripture. Well, no, we'll arrive when we get to heaven. But we should always be striving to grow and to learn and to and to let God's word change us. And and so we see here the command is 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 to uh, is to be ever be learning to maintain to engage into good works, making that a focus so that people might know Jesus. And, and we're going to see why. Why the good works? Why are good works important? Well, the Bible tells us. Look there. It says here for necessary uses. There in your Bible, let us to make maintain good works for necessary uses. What is that talking about? It's talking about legitimate and pressing needs, the needs around us. Now, you could uh, make application here, I think, in a couple ways. One, you could refer to giving. Uh, he's, he was talking about that subject before, and he could, you, he could be talking about it there. But I think also you could apply the very fact that he's just talking about uh, the needs around us are so many that we need to, to be noticing them. You know, I don't know if you've thought about this, but the people around you in this world and even in this church, there's always a need. There's always a need. You have a need tonight. I have a need tonight. There's not a person in this room that doesn't have a need that only God can meet. But guess what? The Lord has chosen to use us as vessels to help meet those needs. That comes with the good works. That's where you and I come in to be the channels of good works. And there's a, there's a world outside these doors. People of great need. How will those needs be met? It will be met by us ever learning and applying and maintaining good works in our life. That is what Paul, I believe, is going for here. You know, people need Jesus. They need the gospel. What are people looking for? I tell you, this time of year, too, people are looking for hope. I think around Christmas, people get lonely. People are thinking of, where can I find hope? People are looking for peace. People are looking for guidance. People are looking for comfort. Folks are looking for joy. People are looking for love. People are looking for forgiveness. People are looking for kindness. Where will they find that? Well, I hope. To God that they will find it in us by the power of Jesus Christ. That's what he's teaching here. The only way these people are going to see this and experience this is if they see it in the believers. That is why it's so important for us to maintain good works. Not for salvation. But that so a world can understand the gospel through the proof of our lives. That is how how people will be reached. They will be reached by our witness, our testimony, our love for them and reaching them. But why else? Why else are works 
so important? Well, those things I just mentioned are important, but I'll tell you another reason why they're important. And I think it's probably, if I can say this with liberty, maybe more important. I I tend to think so. But maybe the Lord would say, look, my word is equal. You honor my word. But the next point is, is why are good works important? Because the Father is glorified. The Father is glorified through our works. Let me explain that just a little more. Look what he says here. He says here, and let ours learn to maintain good works for necessary uses. Things that are uh, where people are in need. Uh, showing forth those things and, and pouring ourselves into those necessary uses around us. Why? That they be not unfruitful. You see, we want to have fruit that remains as believers. We want to have fruit that, that, that will show forth the gospel and grace of God so that it can make a difference. That's why Jesus even said, you shall know them by their fruits. You'll, you'll, you'll know if they're real. You'll know if they're sincere. You'll know if they're of, of, of me because of the fruit they bring forth. And I don't know about you tonight, but I just believe we always need to be learning how we can be producing fruit. Or should I say abiding in Christ and allowing Him to produce that fruit through us. But we see this fruit uh, is needs to be in our lives. We don't want to be unfruitful. Our church doesn't want to be unfruitful. And I hope tonight as we will bring things to a close in 2018, perhaps we can say, Lord... Would you help me to be more fruitful in 2018? However it may be, it may be more of a fruitful father. It may be more of a fruitful mother. More of a fruitful child. A more fruitful sister. A more fruitful church member. Maybe we should just pray and ask God, Lord... Let us be careful to maintain good works for your glory so that we don't become unfruitful, unproductive. Lord, we want to produce fruit for you and your glory. You know, Paul gave that, uh, excuse me, not Paul, but the Lord Jesus, excuse me, gave that illustration. You remember the parable in Mark of the good ground? Uh, he gave the illustration of the, the seed, which represented the word of God. It fell upon different kinds of ground. That first one was went by the wayside, which Satan took up. You had that one. Then you also had the stony ground. Uh, you also had the, the, the thorns that fell upon thorns and was choked out by the cares of this world, by the lust of the heart and uh, by the, the want of riches. It cho- the, the thorns choked it out. But then there was that. Ground that the seed fell upon, that it brought forth much fruit. Fruit. Bringing forth that fruit that honors the Lord, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. That's what we want to do. We want to be fruit bearing Christians. Like I said, the Father is glorified through that. John 15, 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So, Shall you be my disciples? Listen, God will be faithful. This is comforting. I don't know about you, but this is comforting to me. It's assuring to me that God will produce the fruit 
if I am faithful to abide in him. If I make it a point daily to abide in Christ, that I seek to honor him and love him each day and fall more in love with him, he supernaturally is going to produce that fruit. He will produce it. But I believe what Paul is saying here, we better be faithful and always learning how we can grow. Learning how we can give more attention to our lives. Those areas that perhaps is a besetting sin, perhaps whatever it may be, we could go across the board. I'll just let the Holy Spirit name it in your heart tonight, in my heart. The truth of the matter is, God wants us to give attention to that and learn how to get rid of that so that we might truly adorn the doctrine of the grace of God. So we see here that he goes to talking about fruitfulness and then he's going to give the example of friendliness. He goes and says, listen, I, you need to focus on being fruitful Christians. They're on the island of Crete. Let them see what the grace of God has done in your lives. And Jesus Christ will be exalted. And then he signs off with this. Look with me in verse number 15. And he says, all that are with, with me salute thee. So there was a, not just Paul, there was a... a a family spirit here, if you will. There was a family unity from brethren there that were with Paul at the time were sending their greetings as well. It's like we all want just to, all those that are with me are saying hello. You've done that. I've done that. I've done that recently. My sister called and I wasn't able to talk to my nephews and the other family members. And I just said, Michelle, uh, please tell the rest of the family I said hello. And that's what I believe some of them may have said. Paul is here as they was getting this letter penned and ready to go. Hey, would you tell Titus that we said hello? And so there's a greeting there that he's giving to them. But also we see here that he says, greet them that love us in the faith. Now, this is this is uh, we see here. God, excuse me, uh, Paul talking about greeting them that are in the faith. Those that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that love us. Now, that word love there is not the agape love, the unconditional love, but the word love there is actually the phileo love. It's that brotherly affection uh, that we see here. Paul is saying, uh, greet all those that love us in the faith, all those that show brotherly affection. I'm encouraged by that as I think about the close of this letter. As I think about maintaining good works, you know, something I something I always want us to be growing in as a church, something I always want to grow in as a believer. And that's this. Everyone that comes in this church, members and visitors should feel and get that feel because that's the word. That's the meaning of phileo. That they should feel loved. There is not a person in this church that should ever, ever feel unloved in this church. And we need to be careful to maintain good works and our brotherly and sisterly affection towards one another. And Paul is showing that. We should make it a point 
Though there may be some that, again, you know, we all are so different in our personalities and different things. And that's okay. That's the way the Lord made us. That's nothing to apologize about. And it may be not, it may be someone that you don't necessarily spend all day with as your best friend. You know how that goes. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am saying is that every person in this room should have a mutual respect and a mutual Godly, Christ-like, affectionate love towards each other. That no one ever feels left out. No one ever feels pushed out. Everyone feels loved. Now, does that mean that we can't be honest with each other? No, we have to be honest with each other. And if you're not honest with each other, you don't really love. According to the book of Proverbs. And according to the doctrine of the Lord God, he says, I, I, I will be truthful. I will Chasten, I will rebuke because I love. But we see here that there should always be that 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 brotherly love. And Paul is giving that here. He says, look, just go ahead and greet them that love us, that have shown that brotherly love in the faith. And then he closes with this statement here, church. Look there, it says, grace be with you all. (laughs) And there again, I'm reminded And so are you that we can't do this without the grace of God. What we've talked about, my responsibility is as a pastor, we see in chapter one, the responsibilities of the older men and older ladies, more mature ladies in our church, the responsibility of the young ladies, these young teenagers and even younger, the responsibility of 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 the young men. The responsibility of of the servants, of of the employees towards their employers, the responsibilities with our government. All of these things we're seeing here, our responsibility before a lost and dying world cannot be done apart from the grace of God. You know, that's why I believe Paul signed out, grace be with you all. Amen. And this is the truth. You know, I just recently read, I did bring my phone up here. Any of you teenagers steal my phone? Where'd it go? There it is. I think Brad put it under the hymnal. Just kidding, buddy. I was reading a missionary prayer letter the other day and just happened to be as I was preparing, time preparing for this message. But this is a quote, and he wasn't even talking about Titus. He was actually talking about he was having to leave a certain part of the field to go to another because of the, uh, the, the health of his wife. And he was having to relocate. And he was greeting this man. He was greeting this man at the airplane. It was in Papua New Guinea. Now, one of the village man, men, one of the uh, older ones, he was considered, I think, an elder in the village. But he was unsaved, and this missionary had been talking to him about the gospel for years, trying to trying to convince him that he needed to believe the gospel. And, and believe it or not, this elder man was weeping and crying because he didn't want the missionary to go. But he was unsaved, and he admitted that he wasn't. But he, uh, the missionary, made a point as he left off that day, not knowing if the man would ever trust Christ. He didn't then. The missionary assured him that he would be coming back from time to time. But the missionary made this quote. He said, there are so many like him, not just here in Papua New Guinea, but all over the world. 
And then he made this statement. Listen, please, carefully, church. He said this, who will go and live among them, investing time and love and life to make the gospel come alive before their eyes? And the Lord just hit me like a brick. That's it. That is what Paul was encouraging Titus to teach those Cretan believers. Your life and your testimony needs to make the gospel come alive to a lost and dying world. That's the Word of God. We need to adorn and let the gospel be proof to a lost and dying world of what it's done in our lives. Because when we refuse to do just that, we become unfruitful. And I believe one day we'll stand before the Lord and He will say, Listen, you knew the truth. I told you to learn the truth. I told you if you would just abide in me, I would produce the fruit, but you refused. And I don't want that to be the testimony of Crooked Creek Baptist Church. I pray that even tonight as we close in prayer... That we will ask the Lord for us to be faithful and fruitful. And then as we think about being friendly. Friendly towards one another. Making sure that we all are embracing each other. In this thing called life. In this thing called the Christian life. I think about our theme this year. Back in October of, of 2017. As God impressed that theme upon my heart. And I I will say all glory to God, but I believe as I look upon this congregation, I'm looking at a group of people that have been faithful. You've been faithful. You've been trusted with the gospel. You've been an encouragement to this community. You have served in this church. You've served outside this church. You've, You've put in. You've invested. And God has trusted us with that. And I want to commend you on that. And I think the best is yet to come. In the years to come, as we maintain, as we engage those good works, and God says, I'm going to produce great fruit through your lives. We can't get discouraged. No, we know that if we remain faithful to the Lord, we know He'll produce the fruit. We know that. Let me just review a few things by way of encouragement. We began January 2017 with winter revival with the coffee family. God used that in a mighty way. I can testify myself. I'm sure others probably could give testimony tonight. I hope so. But I know that was a life-changing week for me. There was a truth that Brother Aaron Coffee challenged me with through that week that changed my thinking about things. And it has helped me tremendously in my Christian walk. I'm thankful for that week. God brought fruit through that week. You were faithful that week. You prayed for that meeting. You came and supported and let the Word of God change you. We heard decisions that week, and I'm grateful for it. I think about the public school ministry in April. Mike Fisher came. Lord, open up those doors. And we, we went in. And God blessed and God called, called him back to come back in November. And he came and we went in. And now we have an open door, great effectual door. A door that I never would have dreamed that is becoming more and more open. 
I went, because Mike and I went to the school, I went into a, a school after a tragedy had happened. The school welcomed me right in because I was there the week before with Brother Mike. Just talking about considered character. And through that, there was a young man from uh, from a different country. I don't have liberty to say specifically what, but a man from a, another country that's uh, predominantly Islam. And, he, and, he, and he's there, and uh, he just happened to be where I was in the office and just sat down to encourage him. I thought he was perhaps one that witnessed one of the tragedies at the school. And it was through that, that just sitting down and talking to him, a teacher walks in right at the time and says, Hey, do you know him? I'm like, No, I don't know him. I was just trying to encourage him. Well, one thing led to another. Now, I'm gonna, they, now long story short, God has opened a door for me to spend about 30 minutes a week with this young man. That's the Lord. I can't take glory for that. I can't take any credit for that. It's just that as we desire to go forward, engage in good works, God's going to bring forth the fruit, church. I think about the open doors there. I think about our sunrise service. Oh, praise God. Our dear neighbor, Bob, over there. Bob and Ann, we love them. We're praying for them. Bob, never been to this church, as far as I know, and through the testimony of others, never been here, been across the street for 30 years or more, never has come. But you know that that cold, wet morning, where at least the seats were, we'll learn from that. Bob came across the street and came to the sunrise service, heard the gospel, was encouraged, fruit. The sunrise service that you help pray for, that you help participate with, bringing breakfast foods and just coming and be a part of that and being excited about it. That's part of it. I think of the Good News Club just this semester. Ninety children are enrolled into the Good News Club over at South Jackson Elementary. Ninety children are enrolled, having close to 65 to 70 kids each meeting. That's fruit that God is producing. I think about the VBS and and God working in our hearts during that week and the hearts of the children and the families that have come. And as a result of that, I think about the camps that we were the young people were allowed to go to and the decisions that were made that we heard about. I think about the Dominican Republic trip that that was a trip that changed my life, too. I'll never be the same going on a foreign trip with Jake Stringer. Okay. Brother Jake, you know I love you. What God did in our hearts through working with the Johnsons, and and I'm looking forward to announcing our missions trip coming up this summer, next Sunday night. The DR trip, I think of the meetings with Ron Comfort. And I remember the decisions and, and, and the notes that were I received after that meeting. And, and the things and how God spoke to hearts and changed perspectives. That's fruit. <laughs> that's fruit. Because we are a church that's not perfect. We have so much room to grow. And that's what we need to recognize always. That Lord, we just want to maintain. We want to always be learning to maintain good works for your glory. I, I think about uh, the missions conference. Marvelous move of God in my in my estimation, Brother Bud Stedman preaching the word of God and what it did in our hearts as he preached on Calvary. Listen, can I just say this? If if you were not here for that missions conference and even if you were, 
Go back. We will, if you can't listen to them online, we will make you the CDs. But you need to go back every once in a while and listen to those messages. Especially the message on Calvary. When Brother Stedman preached on the cross or the deity of Christ. That's life-changing messages for a local church. That's, that's fruit that God is producing. And through that conference, we, we're, we've been able to take on five new missionaries. We're able to send a $100 gift for Christmas to our missionaries. And we're going to be able to take on more in the coming year because of the fruit that came through that missions conference. I think about the fall festival and the families that have come talking to some people that said they hadn't been here in years. Right, fit folks right here in our community. People that were encouraged. We thought the rain was going to affect us. A lot of our dear folks, you folks that already had plans and, and no fault to you on that, but for, there was a, just, there was some scheduling conflict and we didn't have as many workers, but God blessed. We had a wonderful fall festival and then, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a wonderful Christmas cantata. Hard work, good works went into that planning. Brother Daniel and Sister Jessica and others working with the children faithfully and, and the ch- children working hard and, and the choir, Brother Mike and Noel and, and our church praying for them and supporting them. We had a wonderful cantata. We had neighbors come that had never been to this church right up the road here around us. We had a young lady come to know Christ in that cantata, raised her hand for salvation. I was able to give her a Bible. That's fruit that God produced. But it was a result of us doing what He's telling us to do. Maintain, engage in good works. Don't get weary in well-doing. Through this past year, by the grace of God, we've been able to see six families join our church. To God be the glory. That's God-given fruit. We can't take credit for that. God just produces it. We're just going to remain faithful. We're going to remain focused. And we're going to let God do what He wants to do in and through us. Amen? You know, I don't know about some of you are gardeners here. I am not. I touch stuff. I kill stuff. Okay? My wife is much better in that realm. But if I know anything about gardening or whatever, when it comes to bringing forth fruit... From what I understand, it's quite healthy and, frankly, quite needed to do pruning from time to time. And I'm sure if we went around the room tonight in 2018 in order to bring forth fruit that God wants to bring forth, God probably did some pruning in each of our lives. We don't need to look at that as a punishment. We need to look at God doing something to produce the fruit that He wants us to have. And it will last. And it will bring glory to the Father. And many people's needs will be met according to the book of Titus. That's awesome. Because it's simply God's plan. Let's pray together. Lord God Almighty, it has truly been humbling for me to study through the book of Titus and to preach. Thank you for the work you've done in my heart, and I trust and pray that you've done in the hearts of this church. Lord God, we want you to get the glory. We do want to be a church that's orderly, a church that's filled with grace and truth, a church that's seeking to have a relationship that represents the gospel with every 
every person we can. Lord, the responsibilities we have and Lord, we need your help. And we ask you to just continue producing the fruit, Lord, that you desire to do. Help us to learn what it means to adorn the doctrine of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to understand the importance of what it means to make the gospel come alive to the world. Lord, would you help me? Help our church in the coming year of 2019. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in 2018. As I just rehearsed some of the highlights, Lord, you did so much more. I could have said so much more. But Lord God, we give you the glory. Great things he has done. Oh, blessed be your holy name. But Lord, we're asking, we're crying out to you tonight. Please don't stop. Oh, Lord God, please keep working. Please keep pruning. Please keep stretching. Lord, please keep moving upon our hearts. Let us not grow cold. Let us not grow weary. Move upon us, Holy Spirit. Oh, we want to be a light set on a hill. We want to be salt that has not lost its savor. Oh, dear God, we cry out to you, thanking you and praising you for the fruit you've produced and that you will continue to produce as we remain faithful. For it's in the wonderful, marvelous name of Jesus and his name alone we do pray. Amen.